Good morning. Centuries ago, the psalmist said, this is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Blessings to all present in person for worship on this Thanksgiving Sunday. And blessings to all who are connecting with us online, especially the community at Arbor Trace. And my name is Mark Williams. I'm the senior minister here at Naples UCC. And what a joy it is to be with all of you. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. I'm your minister for congregational care. I echo Mark's welcome. We are thrilled to have you on this day in which we are especially lifting up our prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude. I want to extend a special welcome to those who are guests this morning. If this is one of your first times with us, we are thrilled to have you. And please, before you leave today, stop by the gathering place. That is our church's courtyard. And meet Chelsea. She's our coordinator of membership and stewardship and she can answer all your questions. So thank you again for our newcomers for being here. I want to ask you to register your attendance with us. So if you're here in the sanctuary, please take those blue attendance pads and take a moment to fill it out and then pass it to your neighbor. And if you're worshiping with us online, you can write your name in the comment section. Tell us where you are this morning. And while you're there, you can click on a link, which will pull up a PDF of our bulletin. We have two things going on after worship today that I want to bring to your attention. The first is there's a parent cafe right after church for all of our parents with young children. So Miss Jeannie will be hosting that upstairs in Nelson Hall. So please head there right after worship, a chance to connect with her and the other parents. And also there is an angel tree. When you walked in, you might have seen, I think, our first Christmas decoration. Um, An angel tree in the narthex. That is full of tags. And those are gifts that have been requested uh, through our Baby Basics mission partner. And we work with um, a teen parenting program here in the public high schools to support young parents. So please, before you leave, grab an angel and purchase a gift and make a difference in the life of a family in our community. And tomorrow night, a special worship service is happening. The Interfaith Alliance of Southwest Florida is sponsoring a community-wide Thanksgiving service at Temple Shalom. Many of you in the congregation have reached out to Pastor Angela and I about the challenges that our world faces, especially in the Middle East when it comes to religious tension and even religious tensions, uh, yes, within our community. This is a wonderful way to offer more broad support to the religious community in Collier County. Uh, Pastor Angela and I have been working with the Interfaith Alliance in regards to planning this worship service. Pastor Angela is going to be sharing a message uh, tomorrow night uh, at the service. All are invited to participate, and there's a bit more information about this event in our bulletins. And then finally, one of our traditions here at Naples UCC on Thanksgiving Sunday is to collect a special offering for an organization in our community that is helping with the least of these. And this year, we have selected Meals of Hope to be the recipient of our Thanksgiving offering. If you're interested in making a gift toward this offering, there are some envelopes in your pews that indicate a special Thanksgiving offering, or you can simply add Meals of Hope onto the four line of your check. And Angela, you want to tell us a little bit about it? 
Sure. Meals of Hope, many of you may be familiar with it. It's an organization that was founded right here in Naples by Steve Popper, the CEO, and it has just grown exponentially. They serve over 4,000 families each week through 15 mobile food pantries. They have a unique food packing program, so they've created recipes that are nutrient and a complete you know, meal with all the nutrients you need, and they give those away to families, but they also... Um, purchase food at cost from, they work with Harry Chapin Food Bank, and they also take donations of non-perishable foods. So they have a very multi-pronged approach of getting food and getting it into the hands of families in our community that need it. And so, and right after Hurricane Ian, they were like the first organization the day after the hurricane getting hot meals out to those who were just absolutely devastated by that hurricane. So doing really good work right here. Um, we have hosted um, food packing days here in the past before, before our 10 years here. Um, but like I said, you may be familiar with them. Please, if you can, if you feel so moved, do your part to support this important organization, as Mark said, either through the envelope in your pew backs um, or by making a gift and noting it on your check. In the words of Jesus in Matthew's gospel, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And it is with that spirit of encountering the presence of the living Christ that we prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Most gracious God of abundance, we thank you for your blessing, for the beauty of the earth, for the fruitfulness of the soil, and for the eternal riches of your grace in Christ. On this Thanksgiving Sunday, O oh God, accept our gratitude. Let all the peoples praise you. And in that spirit, I invite us to join our hearts together in a spirit of prayer as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. On this day, O oh God, our desire is to come before you with our prayers of thanksgiving. For some of us, the words we offer flow easily from our lips. For others, trying to name our blessings may prove more difficult. For some of us, Thanksgiving 2023 may be very different from previous years. It might mean a smaller table at which to sit, new people sitting with us, or an empty chair where a loved one sat last year. Or maybe worries are crowding out our sense of blessing. These realities reshape our prayers from years past. The path to joy may lead through heartbreak. Whatever our reality, O oh God, we ask that you help us. Help us to focus not so much on material things, but rather on how we are living our lives. Help us recognize all the ways you are present among us, just as the leper did. Like him, may we too know the source of our blessings and offer you our gratitude accordingly. We are a people of dualities, and while we remember all that we have to be thankful for, we remember those people near and far who are in need. Help us to not lose sight of the people in Ukraine and the Middle East and all the nations at war right now. We keep close to our hearts, Olena and Misha Chamata, the family from Ukraine that we are supporting who really needs our prayers. Help us to remember those who are displaced from their homes this holiday season because of wildfires, 
floods, hurricanes, or simply the inability to pay rent or make their mortgage. May those who are dining alone this Thanksgiving know that they are loved by you. And if we come across such people, may we know them and love them and invite them to our tables. Help us to not be like the nine lepers who ran away, but the one who turned back. May we also pause to say thank you. Say thank you in our words and in our actions so that we cultivate that deeper sense of gratitude. Thank you for all the blessings in our lives, but maybe most importantly, thank you for your son, Jesus. It is in his name that we are gathered together this morning. And so we pray the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. And if you'd like to follow along in your bulletins, you're welcome to, as the text is printed in them. Hear these words. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless our modern hearing of these sacred words. Some years ago, I recall bringing my two-year-old daughter to the grocery store, and the grocery store where we were shopping had a healthy habitus to it. So the store replaced the giveaway chocolate chip cookie with, yes, a delicious organic orange. A staff member delivered the orange to my daughter who was sitting in the shopping cart and she was holding it in her hand. And as Jeannie suggested with the children this morning, I was in the habit of trying to get my children to say thank you. So I said, what do you say, sweetie? She says nothing. 
said, what do you say, sweetie? She says nothing. What do you say, sweetie? She holds up the orange and says, peel it. (laughs) Peel it. I mean, whether you are two or 92, often those words, thank you, don't come naturally. You think Jesus is aware of our human reluctance to sometimes pause and express our gratitude? I do. For we walk back into our scripture passage this morning, and part of what we see is this one thankful leper expressing gratitude toward God for being healed and nine others running off. In the first century, leprosy was a disease that was really, really, really morbid and was something that was quite terminal. And so lepers were kept together in colonies. Jesus approaches one of these colonies and the lepers reach out to him and say, Jesus, uh, will you extend mercy into us? And Jesus sends the lepers to the priests. And there is this divine and miraculous healing that occurs. One of them decides to humble himself and thank God and the other nine just run away. And Jesus says, where are the other nine? Where are they? But then he turns to that one leper and says, go forth. Your faith has made you well, which begs the question, where are the other nine? Where did they go? The scripture doesn't tell us where the other nine ran off to, but you know, I think I bumped into one of the other nine the other day. I bumped into one of the other nine when I looked into the mirror. For I have a confession to make. So often in my life, I do not pause to say thank you to a source of blessings that is beyond myself. You see, I think one of the dangers when it comes to misinterpreting Scripture is to always put ourselves in the shoes of either Jesus or in the shoes of the person or the group of people who do the right thing in the text. But really, when I examine my life, so often I will run away after a blessing and forget to pause and thank God. I mean, have you ever noticed how when things go wrong in our lives, God often gets blamed, but when things go right nine times out of ten, we stop to thank God for the source? For example, we are concerned about our health or the health of someone we love, and we cry out to God, why is this happening? And then through doctors or nurses and medicine, everything gets to be okay, and we say, well, the situation just figured itself out. Or we consider that relational conflict that we're having and we try uh, screaming out to God, God, I want this to change. I really want it to change. And then the person does uh, have some mysterious kind of change. And we say, well, that other person, they just figured it out. Or we pray to God, God, why can't our circumstances change? Why isn't this prayer being answered? And then there's a, a remarkable orchestration of events and change does happen. And we say, Well, you know, it all just happened because it happened. I am one of the other nine. We are in our humanity one of the other nine. But thankfully, what Thanksgiving does this week is it gives us an opportunity to pause and express our gratitude. And when we do... Our souls are made well in a way that goes far beyond when we just run off. 
There's a wonderful illustration from a book written years ago about this attitude of the nine who run off. And it actually comes from Mark Pinsky's book, The Gospel According to the Simpsons. Pinsky wrote a book about how The Simpsons in the 1990s, that family uh, television show, really brought forth a lot of religious themes for Americans to consider and to chew on and to deepen themselves over. And in one of the scenes in The Simpsons, there is a tornado coming in the direction of Homer Simpson's house. And so you see Homer praying, God, I promise that if you take this tornado away, I will become a better person and go to church. And then you see God's outstretched arm from heaven come and snatch the tornado away. At which point Homer concludes its prayer, never mind God, the tornado went away by itself. (laughs) I'm Homer. I am one of the other nine. How quick we are to run from the source of our blessings. But when we pause to say thank you, there's a certain wellness That comes to our souls. You know, this is very interesting. I was reading the other day an excerpt from the Mayo Clinic's handbook for clinical happiness. The experts on health, the Mayo Clinic. And in that book, there's a piece of wisdom about happy people in America. And what the biggest, I'm sorry, what the strongest, most shared characteristic of happy people in America is. And you want to know what it is? Happy people, according to the experts at Mayo, have an uncanny ability to express their gratitude for what is going right within what is going wrong. Wellness comes into their soul. Or to examine it another way, was reading a reflection, a devotional uh, this past week, connected uh, back to this story of, of the lepers, and it was really quite good, and in fact, it inspired my sermon title. And it was about a woman who was uh, beat breast cancer at MD Anderson in Houston. And it was really tenuous in her battle with uh, this cancer. And at the end of her battle uh, with the cancer, she rang the bell ringing the bell after being cancer-free. Some of you have maybe done it or seen family members do it. They do it at Moffat as well. Um, It's actually a naval tradition. And there's this plaque at MD Anderson that says, you ring the bell three times. And then after ringing the bell, your course of treatment is done and you can be on the run. She rang the bell three times and she went home after a year and a half of, of treatment. And she was at home and everyone was congratulating her about her personal strength and she wrote thank you notes to her doctors and a couple of the nurses who were particularly good to her. But there was still something that was deeply unsatisfying about it all. And so she shared with her family, I need to go back to that chapel in Houston and just share a word of gratitude. And they said, you don't want to go back there. I mean, you don't want to go back to that spot. And she said, I need to do it. And she traveled back to that chapel at the hospital and she thanked God for the healing that had come into her life. And her reflection was rather astute and quite wise. She said she heard the Holy Spirit whispering to her in that moment of wellness in her soul. Where are the other eight? Where are the other eight? For there was wellness in that moment. 
I'll close with a final reflection about the first UCC Thanksgiving. And it's a reflection that I would share back with you that is rather interesting as it relates to the Mayflower. It's a wonderful book entitled Divine Providence in the Formation of America, written by a scholar by the name of Medved is his last name. He is a Yale uh, PhD and scholar. And Medved wrote a book about the formation of America and how some of America's formation may have come from a God beyond all human hands. And so he writes, for example, chapters about the Revolutionary War and the role of fog in the Revolutionary War. And he was discussing the Mayflower in the first chapter of that book, and he talked about how the Mayflower had... uh, charted off course about 250 miles to the north, and how if the Mayflower had landed where those were wanting it to land, there would have inevitably been very serious problems. But because it landed where it did, the pilgrims were able to meet up with Squanto, and there was a place there where it landed that could not have been more divinely perfect And Medved's line about this was that the Mayflower had been blown blessedly off course. And that first Thanksgiving, according to William Bradford, was an opportunity for the early pilgrims to say thank you to a God who delivered for them beyond their expectations. When blessings come into our lives from a source beyond ourselves, we would be wise to get Jesus to redo his math. Where are the other eight? Where are the other eight? For indeed, in expressing our gratitude, it is our faith that can make us whole and well. Creator God, source of all blessing, we give you thanks for friends, family, and yes, too, for this church, for the music in this space, for the ministry that happens here, and for the mission and love that is extended to those in need. And so as you receive a portion of the blessings that you have extended to your people and you receive those, We ask that you would use them to build up this, your body of Christ, the church, so that we might be light in a world that is so often dark. Amen.